of day In hope we rise, we speak your name We lift our eyes, tune our hearts To your beat, there we walk There you'll be, with fire in our eyes Our lives alive, your love untamed It's blazing now, the streets will go Forever bright, your glory's breaking through the This side's got the good clap going on, come on. With fire in our eyes, our lives alive, the love untamed is blazing out. The streets will glow forever bright. Your glory's breaking through the night. You will never fade away. Your love is here to stay. Shining through me every day, we will never fade away. Your love is 
Come on, let's lift up a shout of praise in this place. It's good to feel the heartbeat of God alive in His church. Come on. Lift your name up high. Give you praise, Lord. Yes. Peter's got the right idea. We haven't finished clapping yet. Everybody love us. That's a bit of expectation, yeah? As we lift you up, you are riding on our praise. Being thrilled over everything, you are seated in our praise. This is prophetic, I can feel it in the air. We lift our praise and you change the atmosphere. With hearts open now, everybody sing it out. Want you lift your voice? This is prophetic, I can feel it in the air. We lift our praise as we change the atmosphere. With hearts open now, everybody singing on the
Well, you're sounding good this morning. Why don't you give your neighbour a high five and take a seat? Great to see you there this morning, Jonas. Sounding good. Well, how are you doing? You're looking good. You're sounding good. It's really, really good. Well, if you're a visitor with us, this is your first or second time, welcome to Activate Church. It's wonderful to have you with us this morning. As you leave the auditorium, we invite you to grab one of these white packs. It's a visitor's pack with a whole lot of detail about our church and also the opportunity you can fill in a form so we can get to know a little bit about you. So it's through the right-hand doors there on the right-hand side, so take the opportunity to fill in that. That would be fantastic. So church, can we put our hands together to welcome our visitors this morning? Wonderful to have you with us. Who's had a birthday, a wedding anniversary this last week? Any birthdays, wedding anniversaries? Anybody want to join me, get a chocolate? Well, it's the same in the 9am, no weddings or anniversaries or birthdays. What's that? Well, come on, you come on, let's, let's have, yeah. Yeah, good boy. Very Woo! cool. Let's give him a big hand. There you go. So how old are you next week? Seven. Wow. Fantastic. Why don't you stay with me here? We're going to say a special prayer over you. How's that? Church, why don't we stand as we pray this prayer? Go, Daniel. We're going to pray this prayer over Daniel. So here we go. Father, thank you for Daniel. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity and protection over him this year. Devote your love and goodness through him. In Jesus' name. Amen. Good on you, Daniel. Fantastic. Well, church, it's my pleasure to give a special welcome to Anna and Nam this morning, all the way from Vietnam. So let's put our hands together. It's wonderful to hear from them in the 9am gathering, and uh, you're in for a real treat this morning. So that's wonderful. Well, this Anzac weekend, we have our youth away on camp. So they'll be back this evening, and they have uh, Daz Shettle, who's uh, ministering with them. He's a comedian and an evangelist, a wonderful minister of the gospel. So I really encourage you to come along to a 6 p.m. service tonight to hear Daz. Who hasn't been to a 6 p.m. service for the last couple of months? Well, look at that, all that opportunity for you to come out tonight and hear Daz. You won't be disappointed. So turn to your neighbour and say, I'll see you tonight. Fantastic. For those that have tithe receipts, they're available on the right-hand side of the auditorium there. You're welcome to collect those after this morning's gathering. That is fantastic. And for children, there's a movie running in the downstairs cafe, Faith 101, that will be running this morning. So Josh will be leading that with the team. So thank you very much. So you'll be able to go out to that very, very shortly. A couple of other highlights to bring to your attention. Pastor Sheridan and Jan are away this weekend. They'll be back uh, this evening, so that's good for them. On the 7th of May... We have the men's breakfast, 7 a.m., a great topic, so I'd love to see you there, guys. On the 14th of May, we have Shane Willard with us, so that is cool. Well, that's it for me from Highlights. So um, let's stand to our feet as we continue to worship the Lord. Isn't it fantastic, as Marilyn said, we can come into His presence and enjoy worshipping Him. So why don't you stand with me? And uh, for those that are in Faith 101, 
You can now leave with Josh. He'll meet you in the foyer. And uh, that's fantastic. Next weekend also, we have Activate DNA. If you're new to the church and would like to find out more about life at Activate, how things work, uh, then I invite you to come along. That's Activate DNA next Sunday morning. Thank you, team. How many know there's, there's power in the presence of God? If you don't know, for all you people that didn't put your hands up, there is. And I declare that there, His presence is here in this place this morning. Yeah, so as we still ourselves here and now, I invite you to open up your hearts. Put the past week aside. In fact, throw it in the bin. Because there's life, new life in the presence of God as well. So we open up to you this morning, Lord. We invite you in, Lord, that your presence would dwell amongst us here, Lord, as we sing and worship you, Lord, that you would come and touch us, Lord, that you would bring healing, that you would restore. Pour out your love, Lord. There's a place where mercy reigns and never dies. There's a place where streams of grace flow deep and wide. like a flood comes flowing down at the cross at the cross I surrender my life I'm in awe of you I'm in awe of you where your love ran red and my sin washed white I owe all to you I owe all to you Jesus There's a place with sin and shame a powerless My heart has peace with God and forgiveness. For all the love I've ever found comes like a flood, comes flowing down at the cross, at the cross. Surrender my life. I'm in awe of you. I'm in awe of you. Where your love ran red and my sin washed white. I owe all to you. I owe all to you. At the cross. At 
the cross, at the cross, I surrender my life. I'm in awe of you, Jesus. I'm in awe of you. Where your love ran red and my sin washed white, I owe to you. I owe to you. ready to receive because the Holy Spirit is here and He's moving in this place. The presence, Lord, in this place is powerful. And I will worship and I will worship and I
Free. 
Hallelujah. I am free. Isn't that good, church? That's who we are. Do you know I was thinking as we were worshiping the Lord, it'd be good to make some declarations together this morning. Do you want to join me as we say some declarations about who we are in God? What do you reckon? Okay, here's the deal. When I say them, you just cannot go, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. You've got to really get into it. You ready for that? So here we go. We're going to say some declarations. Then I think it would be good if we end with that chorus. It would be wonderful to end it off. So here we go. I declare... I declare. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. I declare. I declare. I'm made righteous. I'm made righteous. Just as though I'd never sinned. Just as though I've never sinned. I declare. I declare. When Jesus died. When Jesus died. I died with him. I died with him. I declare. I declare. When Jesus rose. Jesus rose. I rose with him. I rose with him. I declare. I declare. When Jesus ascended to heaven. When Jesus ascended to heaven. I ascended with him. I ascended with him. That I am seated in heavenly places. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I say these things. I say these things. Amen. And let's give the Lord a big Amen. hand of praise. say these sort of things. I'm feeling down. I'm feeling depressed. Life all pretty sucks. Well, you can take what the Word of God says. When Jesus died, I died with Him. When He arose, I arose with Him. He's seated in heavenly places. I am seated with Him. That's who I am and that's what God wants us to declare out of our mouths because that's the power that Christ has given us. And that's where we find freedom, by declaring what His Word says about us. Amen? Amen. Give your neighbor a high five. Take a seat. Thank you so much, Ben. That was fantastic. Well, it's great to be in church this morning. It really, really is. I love coming to church. I love worshiping God. We don't have to come. We get to come. Isn't that cool? We get to come to church. We get 
to read the Word of God. We get to enjoy the presence of God. We don't have to, we get to. Isn't that a wonderful thing? It is so good. Well, church, it's my pleasure this morning to welcome Nan and Anna Ho, all the way from Vietnam. We've been supporting them as a church for over 17 years. Isn't that amazing? 17 years, and they've been married for 15, doing a wonderful work throughout Southeast Asia, India, and Africa. So put your hands together as we welcome Nam as he comes and shares with us. Good morning, church. I'm very uh, honored to be here to share with you what God has doing in my life and to my life. Um, Pastor Sheridan uh, shared with me uh, that next month is uh, they focus on uh, mission. So I want to take a moment to share with you about my journey, uh, how God used different people to impact my life and use me to impact others. I want to testify to you about God's grace and power and about his mission. I was born in a Buddhist family in a very, the most conservative town in Vietnam. Everywhere you go, every corner you turn, you see altars, temple, pagodas. People worship idols. In my family's house, there's a big altar that my family worship ancestor Buddha. And every month they offer food, and uh, sacrifice to those idols. And uh, when I went to Saigon to study in university, um, because my family are poor, so they could not support me financially, so I have to work and earn my own living and pay for my school fee. And I, it's, it's a problem for me because I am anxious. I don't know where to get money to pay for my school, my house, my rent, my food. And so I had insomnia at that time. I couldn't sleep at night. Maybe two or three hours a day. I was very thin. Um, at that time, many people tell me many ways how to get sleep. And I follow. I, I, even I eat, you know, a, a lotus seed, you know, it help you to sleep. No. As well, uh, even tell me to eat intestine of a fish, a certain fish, and help you to sleep. I tried it, fell. And so one day I exercised in a park, and there's a group of American students. Um, they was there and they join in, play sport, and afterwards we uh, go and have uh, coffee. And they share the gospel to me. They share about Jesus, and I told them. I said, you know, you are Christian. You believe in Jesus. I uh, am Buddhist. I believe in Buddha. And both of them teach you to do a good thing. So after all, you know, you, we're going to the same place, you know, heaven, because they teach us to do good, and every religion is the same. Uh, that's what I believed. Um, and so they, they didn't object me or didn't say anything. They said, okay, that's good. They gave me a Bible. They said, you know, when you have time, read it. And so it's a Gideon, it's a Gideon Bible, you know, half Vietnamese and half English. And so 
We spent some time, like 10 days, hanging out with them, going to places. And I noticed about their life. They never speak negative about anything, even though they see a lot of negative things. Um, and so one night, I couldn't sleep. I, I think at, at 2 o'clock, I just say, oh, let's, I have nothing to do. So I just randomly opened the Bible, and it was uh, Matthew 6 when Jesus talked about anxiety. And he gave the example of, you know, the flowers, the lily, um, and how God cares about people. You know, all those, all those things, God cares. How much more he cares about you? And then there's one verse, verse 27 in chapter 6. He said, which of you, by worrying, can add an hour to your life. And I thought to myself, no, it will not, it will not add an hour to my life. It will shorten my life. And so I thought, this Jesus, this man is very wise because he says something that I cannot deny. I brought up in a, a communist education system that you can deny anything you want, anything. And here, Jesus say one thing that I can't deny. And so I re continue reading and then close the Bible, close my eye, and I had the best life I ever had. The next morning I went to school and my friend looked at me and said, wow, you look very happy. You look very fresh. What happened? Is, any re is your relative from America send you money? Because they know that I'm really always short of money. They said, no, no, no. I said, no, no. Um, and so I think, oh, maybe it's because of the book. And so that night, I went to bed 8 o'clock. <laughs> I said, I, I want to test. And so I opened the Bible, continued to read. An hour later, closed the Bible, sleep. The next day, the same. The next day, the same. The next day, the same. And after two months, after reading the Bible, I realized that I'm the sinner and I need forgiveness. And the only one, one person, only one person can give me that forgiveness is Jesus Christ. And so I accepted the Lord, my Savior and my Lord. And I commit my life to him. And so after I graduate from university, I have a, a student ministry. So I because I want to help those students, people like me before, to experience a new life in Christ. So at the same time, I work for Korean Air, and I have a, a student ministry. At the same time, Anna asked me to join her organization. And I said, no, 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 I, I have my ministry, I work with the student, and that's it. And uh, one time, she invited me to go to China to attend a, one of the conferences. And I come along as a, a spouse, uh, just tag along, and listen to the speaker. And this speaker, he talked about worldview. He talked about the fact that idea has consequences. What you believe will affect how you behave. If you believe that girl have no values, or women have no values, then you will not 
educate your girl or will not send your daughter to school. If you believe that uh, the gods control everything, the spirits, the spirit of the mountain, the spirit of the river control everything, then you don't need to work hard. What's the point of working hard? So they don't try to work hard. And so they live in the absolute poverty. The high education they can go to is grade six. The second thing that I learned from that conference is the centrality of the church. God used his church to display his glory. God would use his people to show his power and love to the world. So when I listened to that message, I said, yes, Vietnam needs this. And I commit my life to bring this message to Vietnam. And so I came back, I joined the organization, and we start a program in Vietnam called TCT, Truth Centers Transformation. Basically, we teach people, we teach churches to show God's love to their community using what they have. We teach the church that God cares about all areas of your life, not just spiritual things but all area of your life. So the goal of that program is three things. First, to glorify God. We want to see God's name is glorified. You know, in the area that we work, people, non-Christian, look down on the Christian, look down on the God of the Christian because the Christian is the poorest people in the communities. They said, God, your God does have no power. He has no power to take care of you. And so when the Christians share the gospel to these people, they said, why do we believe you? Look at your life. You are, your life is worse, worse than us. Why we believe? And so people just look down on the God of the Christian. The second goal is to strengthen the church. You know, we met leaders, church leaders, and find out that many of them don't know there is an Old Testament. They believe that Jesus came 2,000 years ago and found Christianity, like Buddha with Buddhism. And so they say, oh, actually Buddha is 2,500 years before Jesus, so Buddhism is superior, basically, that's what they said. And they don't know much. They don't know about baptism. So we want to see the church to be strengthened. And so uh, we, the third uh, goal is that we want to see communities move out of poverty. And I share with you, they live in the absolute poverty. And by the grace of God, when the church go out and learn and, and, and show God's love to their community using what they have, God transformed those communities completely. We have testimonies of hundreds and hundreds of communities move out of poverty. And through that, we see God works and miracles happen. Um, you know, as you know, that Vietnam is a communist country, and religion is not accepted. As the law, it, you, you're free to worship, but 
in reality is not. So there's a lot of persecution in, in Vietnam, especially in the rural area. But when the church go out and show God's love and share what they have with other people, the government changed. They said, wow, they are good people. And so be, instead of persecuting the churches, now they work with this, the, the church to implement any project or anything that they want to do because they acknowledge that there's wisdom in the church. We see the, the con, uh, reconciliation between the government and the church. We see, also see that you know, children go to school, 100% go to school, and now they study in the university, become doctors and nurses and engineers. We see marriage reconciled. We see um, their house, their, their, you know, there's roads, there's concrete houses, there's, um, they have enough food to eat. Before, they only uh, have nine months of food. Other three, they have no food. And so we see that they have more than enough and they share with other people. And so I, I, I want to um, share with you a, a short video clip about our work and how God used what we teach to impact their communities. Um, so let's show it. Tôi là một người bởi vì tôi là một người nó chưa uống rượu và hút thuốc lá rồi. Ừ. Ừ. thì đồng bào Mông ở trên đồng cao thì không có một tín đồ người kinh hoặc là người gì lên truyền lên truyền giáo cả, mà không có một cái gì để mà biết Chúa cả. Xong thì đột nhiên lại nghe cái này SBC nghe về cuộc sống thì nói về Chúa thì năm năm chín năm tám mươi chín năm một nghìn tám mươi chín thì tôi nghe được rồi thì từ À, tự nhiên từ tốt bỏ cái bàn thờ cúng rồi thì tìm hiểu dần dần để tin Chúa. Thì à, lúc tôi chỉ làm từ tôi tin Chúa từ năm 90. When I first listened to the message, I gave up my old life. But when I traveled to Hanoi and was baptized, I was truly given a new life. I was very eager to learn the way of God. So whenever I heard of pastoral trainings happening in Hanoi, I would go there to learn. And I saw the need of spreading the good news to my community. At that time, it was illegal for an ethnic minority person like me to learn the gospel. So I had to carry tools and pretend I was traveling for work or going to buy animals. Later, when I received holistic ministry training, I learned that it was very important to not just care for the people in my church, but for all the people in the community I live in. So I changed the direction of my church's efforts. Around here, people could only travel by foot. It was very difficult and very slow. But now we have built roads, so people can travel by motorbike. It's convenient for the church members, but also for the whole community. Even the tribes who have not yet heard and believed, because we also built a road right up to the mountain. When I spoke to my congregation in the church service, I told them, the Lord tells us we are the light of the world, and the light must be turned on so everyone can see. We turn on our light through our goodness in serving the community, Right now, if we go to share the word with new families in different tribes, 
they will not accept it. But if they see our good works, like building roads, they will be attracted to coming to know the Lord. Before, we only took care of church members and dealt with spiritual matters. The people outside knew very little about the church, so we had no good influence. But now we have activities in the community, like building toilets and buying clothes for the poor. They see that we practice what the Lord teaches us. So they praise the church, and through that, our Lord can be praised. It's not easy for the Hmong people to share the gospel with the Thais people or other tribes. But God put in my heart that through us practicing holistic ministry, they will see the goodness of our Father. So we serve the community first, and then when we get opportunities to celebrate, like Christmas or Easter, we can invite non-Christians to come, and we can share with them God's love. As the church has done building the road and other things for the community, has relationship with the government improved? We used to have to go and learn the Bible in secret, but now we can be more open about it. The government sees the good work the church is doing and they praise the church. The province leaders even give pastors certificates of praise. I was awarded the title of best citizen in the province. <laughs> They are pleased because we have 700 members and none of them are drug addicts or drunks. They all try and be good caring citizens. In Vietnam it's very difficult to get permission to expand a church. But when I applied recently to our local government to expand our church, they accepted it right away and said that they see our church as a good thing. Jesus has the power to save everyone. By our own strength we cannot do it, but when we belong to Christ, through Christ we can do it. Christ saved me already and has put it in my heart that everyone will be saved through Christ. Good old Pastor Trum. So he uh, and many others are doing a fantastic job. I don't know if you noticed, but he talked about the fact that he um, was reaching out to unreached people groups. He talked about the fact that he was putting in those roads because he wanted to get to areas where there were people who hadn't heard the gospel before. And many of those are unreached people groups. In fact, we are currently seeing uh, Bible stories being translated into six new languages uh, at the moment because they have reached out to a number of unreached people groups and we've seen churches started and planted in those areas. And God is doing tremendous things. So I want to introduce myself. My name's Anna. I used to be Anna Frost when I attended this church. I'm now Anna Ho. I got married along the way to that young man who's aging. No. <laughs> um, so I was here 20 plus, that's a bit sad, isn't it? 20 plus years ago sat in that area there, attended diligently while I was in university. And uh, as uh, Ray mentioned, Activate have been supporting us for 17 years, and it's been a huge, huge blessing to have Activate walk with us for all those years, faithfully. And so uh, in the last few years, God has been doing amazing things. We were asked by the organization we were part of to launch a new ministry or a new organization about three years ago. And so that happened in uh, October 2012. And um, I'm not a person who loves growth, so this is a little bit of a scary statistic, but in two and a half years, we've seen ourselves triple in size. 
And so it's been a little bit overwhelming, but God has been good. And it's uh, as much as I try and stop the growth, God keeps um, snookering me. He goes around me. For example, we uh, were asked to go to the DR Congo, and I said, what are we going to do in the DR Congo? Who knows about the DR Congo? It's the worst place in the world to be a woman. I've got nothing to offer there. But at any rate, we were asked to go, and I said, okay, well, they had an area of 70 uh, churches. They said, well, you work with these 70 churches. So I said, well, fine, we can go and do a little pilot and find out what happens, do a little experiment. And so we tried to organize with these people, things with these people and the first time we tried to contact them they had a big storm and it blew out their internet and I was like oh poor DR Congo they still blow out their internet with a storm the next time we tried to contact we had a big storm blew out our internet I was like oh well what <laughs> lo and behold we're usually a little bit more stable in Vietnam nowadays any rate it went on and on if we needed information for a visa we got it everything else we couldn't communicate in fact the government turned off the internet in the DR Congo for a month because they had had riots and so we didn't know that fortunately we just got on a plane and went but even as we flew into the DR Congo we had no idea if anyone was going to be there to meet us it was one of these random things but along the way I had said to them well I can't come for 14 days it's too long I've only got 10 days so you'll have to fit it in 10 days it's all I've got on my calendar so I get there and I meet them and they say to me, oh, well, because you could only come for 10 days, now you have to work with, um, well, basically what turned out to be 2,000 churches. And I said, I need to explain things to you. In the West, when we shorten the days, we don't multiply the number of churches. That's not how it works. We don't go from 70 to 2,000. And they said, well, the problem is you can't go to the rural area where we wanted to get started. You have to stay in the capital because there's only planes a few times a week or one time a week and you won't be able to get there and get back. And so as a result, you must stay in the capital and you have to, we did this thing and there were 2,000 plus churches signed up. So again and again, it happened to us in Bangladesh. I met this lovely young man in a conference and he said to me, will you come to Bangladesh? And I said, well, how many churches in your network? He said, 30 churches. And I said, well, we could, but usually we try and, and if we're going to fly to a whole country, we're looking for about 100 churches to be partnering with. I said, do you have any, any friends that might have another network of churches? And he said, yeah, sure, I've got some friends. And I said, okay, well, um, a colleague of mine had long been praying for Bangladesh. She had lived there but not been able to work with the church during her time living there, and she'd long been praying. I said, okay, I'll send this colleague. She really wants to go to Bangladesh. So I uh, get in touch with this colleague afterwards and I say, how did it go? Did, you know, did it work out okay? Are we going to start a little pilot of, you know, 50 churches? And she said, oh, it went fantastically. He brought in uh, 10 heads of denominations and we have 7,000 churches signed up. To which I said, no, 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 no. You go back and shrink that. <laughs> but at any rate, we're seeing God multiply and multiply and multiply. We've got uh, taking on new different programs as well. God has given us uh, programs around anti-trafficking. We've got a new program around the HIV positive. We've got all sorts of different issues that we're going in and helping and equipping churches to be able to go out and deal with around the world. But you know, one of the things that's also happening is God is giving us more and more opportunities. As more and more is happening is that we're coming up against a bigger and bigger war. Because you know what? It is war out there. And even as we think of Anzac weekend, we think of the fact that it's a war. It was a war back then, and, and you know, it took all, everyone. It wasn't just the soldiers that went out. It was the woman that had to go to work to, to provide the food. It was everybody who had to dress differently because there wasn't the same materials available. Everyone was part 
of winning those world wars. And today we're in a war again. We're in a war for the kingdom. In the first service, Ray reminded us that the Islamic religion is growing quickly as they pour more and more money into it. You go into countries and we see it a lot. If you want to use this hospital, you have to convert. If you want to go to the school, you have to convert. If you want to do anything, you need to convert. We're in a war. We're also in a war against for, tr- for truth. One of the lies that we come up against often is the lie that women are not as important. Women have no value. In fact, we even find it in the church all over the place. And so uh, the consequences of that are massive. You go into some parts of Uganda and you'll find the way you get married is you find a 12 or a 13-year-old girl and you rape her. And if you're successful, she's your wife. In the DR Congo, they said, we have never had a woman attend a training before because it's never occurred to us that a woman could learn something. Never knew. We didn't know. Because women, I haven't got any value. In India, we work against the issue of gendercide. They say that uh, 500,000 girls are aborted each year because they're girls. Because girls are considered a burden. The cost, when you, your daughter gets married, you give a dowry to the, the family of the uh, husband. And that's often five to ten times your annual salary. To have a daughter is a massive burden. And that lie has perpetrated. That lie means that now in India, the UN says there's 60 million missing women. Girls and women that have died, lost their lives because they're women. That's a lie of the enemy, has said. And so we're out there and we're trying to fight these lies. But as we fight these lies, we're starting to realize we're coming up against warfare. And we need your prayers. We need you to join in with us. You know, uh, one example is we started this new guy in West Africa. West Africa, there's huge issues over there. Many of these countries, uh, but in that, con- in that area, Muslim, uh, the Islamic religion is, is just growing tremendously fast. And so it's a battleground. And as he was off being trained with us, we had endless struggles getting him there, getting visas, getting tickets. There was just so many problems. We finally got him uh, to come and to be trained with us. As he was being trained, his home village was attacked by terrorists and they wiped out 30, um, 30, they killed 30 people or 60 people. Anyway, they killed a whole bunch, somewhere between 30 and 60 and 1,300 are misplaced now. And these are people that he considers his family. It's his extended family. His father's the king of the area, so it's an area he feels very close to. We're seeing all sorts of, um, not major outbreaks of problems. I was meeting with our our head of, uh, we've got a prayer director. I was meeting with our prayer director uh, this week. And she shared she's been sick, basically in bed for four months. There's just been endless attacks, 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 attacks. So we're coming to you saying, Um, as we think about missions that we all need to be involved. For some of you, that's prayer. We need prayer. We need prayer on the front lines. I don't know which missionaries you support, which you're behind, but be praying for your missionaries because we're going in. As we see uh, people like Pastor Trum that's that's seeing reaching out to more and more and more unreached people groups, Satan isn't sitting around happy because we fight against principalities and powers. 
And we fight it in the heavenlies. And you can fight that in Hamilton, and you can fight that in Vietnam. You can fight that wherever God has placed you. But we also need people to be involved. You know, Nam told his story. How did he become a Christian? Someone gave him a Bible in a park. Maybe there's someone sitting in a park today that needs a Bible. Or maybe there's an equivalent. Maybe there's something like that. Maybe you're someone like me. I sat in the pew. I was pretty much vanilla. I didn't really stand out. I wasn't a girl who was heavily involved in church. In fact, my old uh, flatmate's here today. She can testify. I was vanilla. (laughs) But God, you know, as I stepped out and I said, said, okay, I'm willing to obey God, God took me on a journey where now there's millions of people being impacted through the ministries God's put around us. I wasn't special. I was willing and I was obedient. Maybe you're like Pastor Trim. You need to go out and and get with a group and go out and love your community. Probably not by building a road. I think the uh, Hamilton government might be a little surprised by that. But you know, maybe it's as simple as the... I know one guy was sharing, it was a widow across the road who didn't know how to get her garage door repaired and was terrified about being ripped off and just wanted someone to stand there and to use the web and do some investigation. We can do that, can't we? There's a hundred little things. We need to open our eyes. What are the needs in your community? What are the ways that you can be involved? Because we can all be involved. And so we just wanted to come today. We wanted to share a bit about what's happening around the world. We wanted to let you know God is doing good things. Boy, we're seeing good things happen. We're seeing whole villages come to Christ. Churches planted all over the place. We've probably seen in the last year uh, 20, maybe 20,000 come to Christ. We're seeing hundreds of people moved, not hundreds, hundreds of communities moved out of poverty. We're seeing God do amazing things. But it's a war, and we need your prayers. And it's a challenge to you as well. In what way can you be involved? Giving a Bible, loving your neighbor, going. So I want to challenge you today. That's all. I will hand over to Ray. Ray always looks surprised. I'm brief. (laughs) Thank you so much, Anna. Isn't that inspirational to hear... What's happening in Southeast Asia? I think of that video. That's awesome. And um, this week I received an email from uh, Grant, who's based, uh, he and Vicky are based in um, Hong Kong now, they were in China. And he was telling me that um, in, in his email that he was flying from, I think, from one, somewhere in China to Hong Kong. So he was up at 30,000 feet and he was in the groove, had his headphones on, just thinking, I'm going to enjoy a really good movie. There's a couple of people on either side of me, and I just hope they don't talk to me. (laughs) So here he is, enjoying his movie. It's just started. And this guy on his right side taps his shoulder. goes, hey. (laughs) Grant says. Grant goes, oh, no. I'm just getting into my movie, and you want to have a conversation. So he pulls off his headphones and begins to have a conversation. And it very quickly turned to be a, um, a conversation about faith. And Grant didn't start it. And uh, this, this gentleman, his name is Salem, said to Grant, what do you do? And Grant said, well, I go and um, help plant churches. And he says, oh, you're a Christian. And Grant goes, yes, well, I'm a, um, I'm a Muslim. And um, Grant goes, oh, that's cool. 
And they begin to strike this conversation and, and Grant ministers with lots of Muslim people. And uh, he says, you know, in the Quran it talks about Jesus. And um, this man said, yes, I know it talks about Jesus in the Quran. And Grant went on to say, you know that Jesus did more miracles than what Muhammad did. Oh, is that right? And, and do you know Jesus lived before Muhammad did? And so the conversation went on like this. And um, Grant said to this, this man, do you know, if you want to really serve the greatest person in the world, it's not Muhammad, it's Jesus Christ. And this man said, yeah, I think you're right. And right at that point, 30,000 feet in the air, he led him to Christ. Isn't that awesome? So, yeah, just, just wonderful. And um, so I said to Grant, can you point me um, where it says in the Quran these various places about how you can share your faith with a Muslim person? Because a lot of Christians are scared of Muslims. They don't know how to relate with them and so forth. And so he sent me a site. It's very, very helpful. If you, if you want to find out more about it, let me know, and I can email it to you. Um, but it, basically, around the world today, and particularly um, fueled by money out of oil-rich countries, places in Africa, and I was just heard a person talking about this very recently, saying that in a large city uh, in the 80s and 90s, there was um, about 400 mosques, which sounds quite a lot, but they were quite spread out. He said today, there's over, I, I think, I can't remember the figure, 40,000 or something like this, it's just you know, well, not fantastic, it's just amazing how quickly it's grown. And as you mentioned, if you want to come to the hospital, you need to convert to Islam. And so, you know, as a church, we need to be very active. We just can't sit complacently and go, it's okay, it's not okay. There is a thing that we've got to commit our finances. We do need to commit in prayer, and we do need to commit if the Lord is sending us to go, that's what we need to do. So Muslim peoples need to experience the love of Christians. They don't need fear um, and to be treated at distance. They need Christians to engage that can show them the love of Christ. So it means we need to pray about it. But there is a, there is a battle going out there at the moment, and we can make no mistake about it. And we need to be on the front foot and take this contest seriously. And, um, I mean, I could talk a lot more about it, but I want to encourage us, as you've encouraged us, Anna, is to pray, is to give, and where the Lord is calling us to go, that, that's what we do. So thank you so much for what you've shared this morning. We really appreciate it. Yes, let's put our hands together. It's wonderful. So we're in an eight-week missions program. We started last week. We'll be going through eight weeks, and there'll be a different focus over that time. And uh, as was mentioned last time, and on your seats is a postcard with some air balloons on one side, and on the back is a postcard where you can take the opportunity to write to a missionary. So I'd really encourage you today to take the time to write to Enron and Nam and say, hey, I love the video, love what you shared. Um, thinking of you, praying for you, something like that. Those cards, when they're filled in, they can be placed in the red letterbox uh, in the auditorium or in the giving station, so feel free to do that. Also, uh, is another card, another postcard with this lovely picture on the front. On the back of it is some prayer needs, particularly for Anna and Nam, and so we can pray for those. Put it on your fridge, stand with them in prayer. 
you know, throughout the coming weeks and months, and I'm sure there'll be further updates that we can stand with you in prayer also. On this card here is another postcard. There's three today, so we're really getting a lot of mail coming our way. Is how we can partner with our missionaries in seeing the gospel, the good news of Jesus, spread around the globe. And it's wonderful to hear. Did you say 20,000 people came to Christ? That is awesome. I think we should put our hands together for that. That is absolutely fantastic. 20,000 people. And so it's wonderful as a church that we're partnering with what God is doing in various places around the world, in Asia and Europe, to see the gospel spread, churches planted, and the kingdom of God extended. Isn't that a good thing to be involved with? I think it is absolutely wonderful. So um, as we go, we're going to sing a song. But I just want to remind you of a couple of things. Take the opportunity to fill in these cards. That would be fantastic. As you give, let's give purposely. I'm going to ask us to stand short and we'll pray for our giving. And this evening we have um, Daz Chettle. He's with our youth at the moment. He'll be speaking tonight. I really, really, really encourage you to come along for what will be a fantastic evening, 6 p.m. this evening. So let's stand, church, and I'll pray, and then we'll conclude with a great song. So, Father, we thank you for the incredible privilege it is to be in your house this morning to praise you. Lord, I thank you for Anna and Nam. And Father, we pray your blessing over them. We pray your protection, your covering over all their activity, over all their areas of ministry. May they know the weight of our church supporting them. May they know the grace and favor of God lifting them above every trial, every temptation, every attack, that they would be, Lord, partnering with Jesus, the author and the finisher of their faith. And I thank you, Lord, for the good work that you've started in their lives, that you will complete it and bring it full to maturity in Jesus' name. And so, Father, as we go, I pray you'd bless every giver. Father, that as we give, we give in faith, sowing into the kingdom of God. Father, that we're expecting a harvest. Lord, we're expecting your name to be made famous in this city, in this nation, in the nations, that many will come to know Christ. Many will be made as disciples of Jesus. So thank you for the privilege of serving you in such a time as this. And everyone said, Amen. Okay, thanks, sir. Everybody do this. You up, you are riding on now. Praise be in over everything you are seated in now. Praise this is prophetic, I can feel it in the air. We lift our praise as we change the atmosphere. Hearts open now, everybody singing out. Yeah. 
knows which one, what does, one's going to speak. I'll speak. Would you turn to the person next to you? Say, whenever, wherever, pat him on the shoulder. Whenever, wherever. Turn the other way. Be like Jesus. Go and bless your community. Bless your workplace. Be a blessing because we are blessed. In Jesus' name, have a great week, church.